Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. My name is Paul Bernard. I am your host today as we are sorting through some of the problems that church has with seemingly simplistic biblical answers. So last week we talked about this thing called confession, and I got a lot of response from that, and I thought it was really cool to see how a lot of people agree with it, but just can't figure out how to put it into place. And so today what we're going to do is talk about the second part of that thought process of confession. So confession part two, if you will, even though we're not really going to talk about confession a whole lot other than right in the beginning. So let's kind of go back to last week's podcast and talk about it just for a second, that confession, what we talked about, releases a power that frees us from guilt and shame and judgment and is crucial for healing. Remember, we went to James chapter 5 to talk about confessing our sins one to another that you may be healed. And one of the things we discussed in the last podcast about confession, and this is kind of where we're going to roll into with today's podcast, was finding the right person to have confession with. The right person will encourage you, but also hold you to a standard of repentance and a clear path forward. Okay. Now, this standard of repentance, this path is called accountability. Now, accountability is another thing that is talked about in the church gatherings and between believers, but it's very difficult to put it into practice. So the definition of accountability, according to Webster, is obligation or willingness to accept responsibility or to account for one's action. Thomas Paine has a quote that I love, and it says this, a body of men holding themselves accountable to nobody ought to be tr- not to be trusted by anybody. So when we talk about accountability, basically what we're talking about is having somebody in your life that is willing to call you out, that is willing to say what you're doing is not good, it's not wrong, not headed in the right direction. And we don't like that a lot. But even the Bible is very clear that we need accountability. Proverbs 27, 17 is probably the most notable uh, when it comes to accountability. And it's iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Another great uh, verse of scripture is James 5, 19 and 20. And this is talking about the person who is holding somebody else accountable. And it says this, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and somebody brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And all of the Bible that talks about accountability and how we will hold, uh, God will hold us accountable and we will be accountable at judgment and there should be people in your life. One of my favorites is in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Ezekiel. And it's chapter 33, and it starts in verse 1, and this is what the Lord said to Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came to me, and this is what God said, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, 
the sword comes and takes him away, and his blood shall be upon his own head. And he heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, the sword comes and takes away any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, and his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And so this passage of Scripture basically says this. If you know bad things are coming, you need a watchman in your life. And the watchman is supposed to warn you. And if he warns you, he does his part, and you listen, you will have saved your life. If you don't, your blood is on your own hands, right? And so this wonderful notion of a watchman in your life is key to spiritual growth, and it is the definite ending thought process to confession. Confessing to someone without accountability is not going to do you much good for future purposes, okay? So let's talk about what happens when you refuse accountability. I know many, many great teachers. And some of teachers that uh, people maybe you listen to on YouTube, I know I've listened to on YouTube, follow them, read their books, listen to their sermons, those type things have gone way off the ledge when it comes to theology. They've gone from where they were to somewhere totally out in left field. And so we see these guys fall all the time, and we see people starting to hold them accountable now. But where was the somebody that stopped them from jumping off of a ledge earlier in their ministry, earlier in their career, and started to say, hey, be careful about this. Watch out for this. You don't need to be doing this. There was no watchman there. And when there's no accountability, then basically what you're doing is you're giving a man enough rope to hang himself. I always had accountability when I was in ministry. I had people that would hold me to a legalistic line at times, but then I had people that would stretch me and say, don't just stay comfortable. So it was accountability in both ways. If I would not have accountability in the areas of my life that I shut out accountability, I failed miserably. Accountability is so, so important. So number one, it stops you from jumping off ledges. And number two You become at the mercy of your own devices, your own desires. In other words, everybody loves to do certain things or or feel certain ways or just our pride sometimes puffs us up and, and it leads us to do things we shouldn't do. And when you have nobody calling you out on that, you're naturally going to just go and do what you want to do. You become at the mercy of those devices. And so if you want to kick habits or you want to, change the way you're walking or or change your direction in life and you've got to have somebody that has accountability in your life to stop you from just giving in to those temptations everybody needs a watchman in their life i have two watchmen in my life extreme watchmen and i try to avoid them right in my flesh often why is that it's because i'm uncomfortable being wrong. I don't know of a single soul that is comfortable when they are wrong and having to admit they're wrong. I had uh, this guy one time come and he was doing landscaping around our house and I met him. 
I think it was at Walmart or somewhere like that. And he was just down on his luck and asked me if I could help him. And I said, sure, man, but, but can you do some work for me? And uh, he said, yeah, absolutely. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you to come to my house and you work. All right. So he started working in the flower beds and things like that. And of course, I went out and had a conversation with him and just ended up talking with him. And um, he asked me what I did for a living. And I told him I was a pastor and told him about our church and how we work with people in recovery and, and deal with a lot of people in addiction and poverty and things like that. And he said, well, I'm in recovery. And I was like, wow, I did not know that. So we got to talking about his recovery. And I said, how long have you been sober? or How long have you been clean? And no joke, this is a true story. This is what he said, eight whole hours. Okay, so he has not drank in eight hours and he considered himself in recovery. And I said, well, man, I would love to walk with you on that journey and hold you accountable in that journey. And I said, one of the things you need to know is there might be some place you need to go it's faith-based and it's long-term to get you where you need to be spiritually, emotionally, and physically so that you can tackle this extreme thing in your life. And he said, man, I would love that. So I was excited. He was excited. Um, I called a guy on the phone and um, I said, um, are you ready to do this? He said, yes. I said, okay, you're leaving in 15 minutes. Well, then he started backing up. What do you mean I'm leaving in 15 minutes? I'm not ready to leave yet. And uh, ended up, to make a long story short, brought him over uh, to a faith-based recovery system. One of the guys did uh, that was in our church. And he asked him to stop no less than 30 times on the way there trying to say, just one more beer. Can I just have one more beer, please, 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 all the way. And that's how accountability works. We all want it until it comes into our life. Why? Because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Nobody likes to be wrong. Some people worse than others. Okay. But embracing the fact that somebody is there to show you where you are wrong and looking at it in a totally different way changes things. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about next is basically two ways of viewing accountability. All right. So I want to give you a picture in your mind about this. Okay. If you take four cinder block, very tall walls, you put razor wire on top of those walls, you put guard towers and guard shacks at every corner on the top of the wall, and you placed it in a rural county in some state, what would you consider that to be? Well, most definitely it's a prison, right? Okay, so you take those same four walls, same razor wire, same guard shacks at the corners, and you pick that structure up and you take it to Kandahar, Afghanistan. What is it? Well, most people in Kandahar, when they see this, would think of an army base, right? Same exact thing. It's just in a different location causes people to view it differently. So you're either going to view accountability in one of two ways. It's either going to be a prison or a base. It's either going to be a prison or a protection. Okay? So let's talk about prison first. Sin and wrongdoing is always going to be a battle. We fight all of the time. And it's, so it's natural for us to just let our flesh go downstream and not fight the stream going up. Like maybe you're tired or you're just frustrated, whatever that might look like. It is almost like when we sin, we're resting in the battle. 
Does that make sense? Like if you struggle all of the time and then you just stop struggling because you're tired or you're frustrated or you're aggravated, then you're basically resting from the battle. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you the battlefield is no place to rest. So when you have struggled and you're frustrated and the watchmen in our life come along and call us out, we naturally resist. And I want to just give you a little bit of a warning. If you're wanting to hold somebody accountable, accountability has ruined many relationships because of this. Once we've rested, right, and we feel the relief of being out of the battle, it is very easy to become lazy in our struggle. And we begin to fight those who love us and they want to help us. We feel like they're like we're being held back or we're being prevented from enjoying life. You know, like a prison, like we're being held in somewhere we want out of. And also, we don't want the shame of knowing we failed or we rested when we should have been fighting. And so we can look at accountability as a prison. You can look at accountability as just chains that's just holding you back from being who you want to be. Remember what we said in the beginning, to be at the mercy of your own devices. The second way to look at accountability is this thing called protection. Everybody within the sound of my voice craves safety. And safety is exactly what accountability gives us. An outside view of our lives is needed to see the full picture of where we are in our lives and where we're headed. Think about courting. So courting is a practice of old, and that's where uh, what we call dating today. But back in the day, they called it courting. And some people that are spiritual in mind I'll, I'll still call it courting. But courting was when a, a man and a woman would go and sit in an area. Generally in the house, it was called the parlor. And as they sat in that parlor, an authority figure, whether it be a parent or a guardian, would sit around them and listen to them as they had talks and conversations. Okay? Courting allowed accountability in two different ways. One, the suitor was held accountable for his actions, right? Being that a parent or guardian was present. He had to, to, to rise to a totally different level of expectation because somebody else was listening as well. Somebody was going to disapprove or approve of him knowing this was going to go forward or it was going to go backwards one way or the other. The second way accountability was uh, happened <clears throat> in this area is that the intended were protected by having an outside view other than attraction or even worse, the emotion of love. I believe this is why our divorce rate today is 50% or higher because we don't court anymore. In other words, we are left to our own devices. Maybe it's just attraction or love or lust or whatever. And I'm going to tell you, and you know I've talked about this before, the absolute worst reason to get married ever is love. And the reason why is love is an emotion. It is not a state of being. Okay. And so a lot of people get in love and you've probably been here. Maybe you've been here yourself and you've fallen in love and you made some stupid decisions and your marriage failed. If you could go back after a failed marriage, wouldn't you wanted to have somebody that was a watchman in your life? Somebody that was saying, look, this is a bad idea. And to have you listen. Because I know for a fact, most of you, if you had a failed marriage or a, a, a something that didn't work out and you did have that person in your life, got an I told you so at the end of it, right? 
So accountability works both ways, right? You, you got to, to listen to the accountability, but you've also got to have the accountability. So when we see accountability as a protection, then what that looks like is we have men or women in our life that fight on our behalf, keeping the enemy at bay. Okay, this is huge. So know that every accountability that you face or have faced, you looked at it in one of two ways. Either it was a prison holding you back from living the life that you want to live and you viewed it that way. And so because of that, what did you do? You generally avoided the person. You ended the relationship. Why? Because you saw it as a prison or you can see it as a protection where there is somebody out there fighting for you. There's somebody that's watching for your blind spots, all of these different things. Okay. So one of two ways, prison or protection, you're going to view it one way or the other. And I'm telling you how you view it is going to depend on what you want. If you want accountability just from words, that's one thing. But if you want accountability to change your life, You've got to view it as a protection. Okay. So let's talk about why accountability truly works. People always rise to a standard that is expected of them. I'm going to say that again. People always rise to a standard that is expecting them. Now, just on a little side note here and a little bit of soapbox that I have, I think this is why our education is not, education system is not doing as well as it could be is because we are expecting less and less and less out of the students and teachers are told to lower their standards and lower their standards. This has always been a principle. It is not something that's an opinion. It's just the way it is. People always rise to a standard that is expected of them. Think about when you're working out alone or when you're working out with someone. Okay. So when I'm working out, I can work out my upper body. I can work out my core. I can work out all of those things by myself. But if I'm going to work out legs, <laughs> I've got to have somebody with me. And the reason why is I'm going to quit when it hurts. Why? Because I'm going to lower the expectation of me. Why? Because that's my flesh and that's who I am. Or maybe you're working out with someone or exercising with someone. And when, when you're by yourself and it's cold out or it's rainy or, or you just don't want to get up or you're just tired or you're just not feeling it today, you set your own expectation and you just lay there in the bed, right? But if somebody's working out with you, there is an expectation that you will show up and therefore you do it. Now, we all have encountered this in some way, shape, form, or fashion, right? With other people, there's a set of expectations. When you have a watchman in your life, there will be expectations of you and that will naturally cause you to rise to that expectation. And the second reason it works is this. Accountability allows for a full view of your life, what we call a 360 view of your life. Everybody has blind spots. I don't care who you are. There are things in your life that are coming at you or things that you have done inadvertently that are going to affect your path. We call these things blind spots. And they're in everybody's life. Having someone looking for these blind spots is a priority when you're trying to grow spiritually or emotionally. If you have not heard anything else I've said, I want you to hear this statement. 
You cannot grow and fight off sin and change the course of your life unless you have a watchman doing accountability in your life. I don't care how good you are at what you do. I don't care how famous you are or how much you've risen to the top. If there is not somebody to keep you humble, if there's not somebody to point out your blind spots and you are not listening to that person, you are not going to achieve what you want to achieve in life. Confession is a big deal. But accountability is the icing on top that makes confession worthwhile. So if you don't have anybody in your life that holds you accountable, I want you to find somebody. I have three different people in my life truly now that hold me accountable. Of course, one of them is my wife. Why? She knows the most about me. But I have two other guys that hold me accountable. When they see something out of the ordinary or they see something that just even the spirit lays on their heart, something that I'm doing that might end up somewhere that I don't want it to end up, they step in. That's called accountability. And I am forever more grateful. Even when I was a pastor, I had an elder body that I respected so much. And the, the pastor that came in after me when asking questions and things like that, I told him this. If there's one thing I can leave you with is this. Listen to the elder body, especially when they go against you. Why? Because accountability changes lives. If you don't have somebody in your life holding you accountable, and you haven't confessed to that person, and that person's saying, okay, we're starting a new path, and I'm going to be right there with you. Find that person. Now, remember, I, I say find that person for a reason, because accountability is not going to find you. You're going to have to find it. So don't sit around and say, I just don't have anybody. You've got to ask somebody, would you be my accountability partner in life? Would you hold me accountable to the struggles that are happening in my life? And if you have this, you will succeed. So it's very important. Two simple things, confession and accountability. Like I said before, these need to be in every single church gathering. Why? Because that's where we see people truly get delivered from strongholds in their life. Is that they're not doing it alone. They have people watching their back, watching their six. They have people covering them. Accountability is key. Well, I hope today's uh, podcast has informed you somewhat. Now, I'm going to take a second, just hit right here at the end before I close it out and give you a, give you a shameless plug um, for a podcast called Unscripted. If you have not listened to Unscripted, it's by two girls, Shelby and Katie. Yes, it is a shameless plug because she is my daughter, but it's really, really good. It's about young girls just trying to live out their Christian life and what they experience and what they struggle. It's just really, really good. So if you get a chance, please listen to that podcast. Also want to thank you one more time. The last episode blew up. I'm really excited about that, hoping this one does the same thing. And if you like the content and the content is helpful for you, please follow uh, so that you'll get alerted immediately. Um, like it, share it with your friends, share it on Facebook, share it on social media, do whatever you can do. We are thankful for you and truly hoping that in all things, you are keeping it simple.